Sorry, Lay Colin. It on us. Okay, so yeah. I'm in the elevator. Executives, like you got five minutes. This is what I say. Yeah, I mean, he's I, stuck in there with you, unfortunately. Uh, Josh that's is saying five minutes, but really, you got me for about two until I get on my phone. <laughs> <I'm gonna call laughs> All right. Before we made our podcast, we did a lot of research to try and get a leg up. Any book or expert that's ever given advice on making podcasts always says the same thing. Your podcast absolutely must have a theme or a topic, a niche, if you will. We said, fuck that. We're interested in and passionate about too much to follow that advice, but instead of letting that be a detriment, we've made it work for us. Our podcast is eclectic, but not aimless. Since the beginning, it's been driven by a slowly evolving collection of segments like our personal favorite, Mentionable Mysteries, and guests that are professionals and topics covering anything from Hollywood movie production to touring musicians. This allows us to play to our strengths, driven by curiosity and inevitably ridiculous hypotheticals. We take our listeners on a journey with us as we discover everything cool, fascinating, and funny the world has to offer. As three brothers from a small town in Michigan, we've spent a lot of time entertaining ourselves with conversation and going on adventures full of fun and laughter in an attempt to understand the world better. Now we're taking our listeners with us as we explore the unknown with wide-eyed wonder and ridiculous speculation. Fuck, man. Dude, that, that sold. You got me. Fucking sold. <laughs> I'm like... Can like, we make that a television I'm, I'm choking channel? up a little bit here. Can like, we make that a television? I worked really hard on that. show? <laughs> that was, like, not to mention network right here, dude. I'm Ryan. I'm Josh. And I'm Colin. And you can catch Not To Mention Podcast every Thursday at 6 a.m. To make a longer part of the story short, we spent way too long fumbling with the guy at the the admission to the Ferris wheel because he didn't speak very good English, and we were I mean we were just not easy to communicate with, being a little bit tipsy, and he uh, finally like was able to communicate to us that we need to get our ticket at a booth. We get the ticket for free. Then we come back given the ticket. I'm sure this is just so they can keep track of how many people took the ride or whatever. We go there, we get the tickets, and actually it might have been on the way there or on the way back. It doesn't really make a difference. And we are stopped short by this guy who is in nothing but his boxers and a camelback. And his hair is going <laughs> everywhere. I mean, it was hot out, right? I mean, I assume. Oh well, it, no, it was a pretty cool night. Well, so, yeah, like, okay, it's evening. This guy was, <laughs> this guy was higher than the International Space Station. Let's put it that way. Like, <laughs> uh, he had eyes just you know as big as saucers, and was. Well, we've all seen that guy. He he looked afraid. He oh, <laughs> <laughs> he stopped all of us dead in our tracks. <laughs> And he's got an orange cut in half, and he's rubbing it all over his <laughs> upper body, everywhere, with this look of fear in his eyes. And he whispers to us very intensely, no. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> no, fuck. I thought orange guy, like, I'm thinking, like, green man, like, one of those dudes in, like, a green suit or something. Oh, yeah, like, no. I thought... I had no idea that it was the fruit. Yeah, yeah, I, that was another funny thing to us. It's like, where did he get the orange? So Oklahoma, you know what really, it's always just really grinded my gear. When I saw this one, it's just something that's very infuriating. It's gonna, I could see how it could interrupt a lot of people's day and a lot of their plans. Mm -hmm. So in Oklahoma, it's illegal for the owner of a bar to allow someone inside to pretend to have sex with a buffalo. To pretend. To wait, pretend. Wait, one more time. So, it's illegal for owner of a bar to allow someone inside to pretend to have sex 
with a buffalo. Now, this is falling back on the bar owner. Mm -hmm. Like, as a bar owner, you are responsible. Now, if you have been charged with said crime do you, or is it then your duty your responsibility to prove that he was aware of that right beforehand you know these it, seem like some pretty this, complicated proceedings this dude came up to the door and said i need to come in to pretend to have sex with this buffalo now look and here jim i've got an idea I just really think I want to come in here and pretend to have sex with that buffalo. Well, now, I'm sorry, Roger. I can't let you in here to do that. Right, because it's illegal. It's illegal. That would be against the law. (laughs) Now, if he had said yes, if he had been okay with that, then... He's prosecuted to the full extent of the law. So, now, what I want to know is if the same guy came into your bar with a buffalo didn't say, hey, I want to pretend to have sex with this buffalo. Right. He didn't inform the bar right. owner yeah. or the he's, bar staff. He's just entered your bar with a buffalo, not uh, like I think uh, that's... under the radar. I think, <laughs> no, see, because I think as the bar owner, it just falls back on you. Like, that is your responsibility to make sure that well, there now, is now, no pretend buffalo, buffalo if... fornicating going on inside your bar. Right. But what if he's the one to call the sheriff down? What if you, no, no, we ain't having that in my bar. He calls the sheriff in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sheriff says, oh, what's no, going on do, here? You don't want to do that. That's incriminating you he's yourself. Just gonna, you th- he's going to kick that fucker out and nobody saw that. This is a band, well, a two-man band called Spring Street Ruckus. <laughs> yes. Yes. That guy kind of slays on the washboard. This is just a dude on a banjo and a guy with a washboard. Dude, look at those pants. Psychedelic pants. Oh shit, washboard solo. <laughs> washboard solo, baby. Oh fuck, he's getting hyphy. Look at him. I think that's a him. Wow. <laughs> uh. Hey, they, you and know, then like there's there's gotta be a banjo solo next, right? Wait, they're for living it. their best life, man. No, they really are though. Oh, no, it's just another right. washboard solo. Well, it's Wipeout, so Wipeout the, is it has the drum huge solo. drum solo. Right, right, yeah. right. But he's really just... It looks like he's scratching his belly with a washboard <laughs> on. That's all it is. He's just... <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. That's wow. Spring Street Ruckus, folks. Fucking wow. wow. 58,000 views on YouTube. That's impressive. How many views? 58,000. 58, yeah, no, they're crushing it. Damn. <laughs> that we're going to really just kind of have ourselves a little conversation with y'all about why we're doing this and what inspired us to do it and what took us down this route and 
maybe you'll catch a, a little reason as to why you might want to keep listening to us along the way. Yep, we're going to podcast about podcasting and why mm-hmm. we're podcasting. Kind mm-hmm. of a little bit of a Russian doll yeah. sort of an episode. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And it's been, I mean, it's been, dude, we've been talking about doing this for well over a year now. I mean, this is, I feel like ever since we heard our first podcast, it was like, oh yeah, this is fun. I would like that. This would be entertaining. I think it was, for me, when you and I were interviewed on Nate Purchase's podcast, I uh, really... Yeah, the Life Through Music, I think. It, yeah. That, yeah, Life Through Music podcast. I That was when I realized that it was something that was not only doable, but something that I might really enjoy doing. I think the first time that I remember actually hearing of or at least uh, it being a bigger thing as far as podcasts goes was Kevin Smith and his Smodcast. Mm-hmm. That was maybe like maybe even a decade ago or so. Yeah, that was a long time. Yeah, and podcasts it. really weren't super big at the time, and I didn't even really get very big into that particular. It was like blogging, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, in like kind of in audio form, which didn't really. Yeah, it was like a it was a growing media at yeah. that point. Which I mean, now it's just huge. Technically, that is still what it is, but. It's kind of right. grown into something else, like a whole other monster. I think yeah. just a couple of years ago, I probably got really into listening to podcasts. Yeah, I think for I, what I remember in particular, when uh, Dave shot us the uh, Adventure Zone, and we, I think we were all in the car. I think he even knew we were in the car, so he was like, oh, this is hey, perfect for you, yeah, you should listen, to, listen this. to this. Yeah, I think that was the first, at least for, for me, that's like the first time I really remember being like, okay, I want to listen to a podcast, and then it, it instantly was entertained and, and decided I was, this was a good choice. <laughs> I was immediately infatuated. Like, I, particularly with the McElroy brothers, they're, yeah, they're just hilarious. very funny, very charismatic, and very goofy dudes. And they're the kind of dudes that you could imagine yourself hanging out with, you know, and... Yeah, well, and I think the obvious inspiration for the three of us there being that the three of them are brothers that got together and did this. And, you know, that for us is, it kind of, that strikes home. Granted, they started 10 years ago, so it was a very different uh, (laughs) playing field when they were getting into it, but... And, uh, well... And so Adventure Zone with the McElroy Brothers, which, Josh, you just recently got their new podcasting book. What's it called again? Uh, Everybody has a podcast but you. Yeah, yeah. And it is to help podcasters getting involved. And it was actually uh, just hearing the little tidbit there. They were talking about all the different podcasts that they've branched off to do. And I think the the one that has really stuck with us beyond the Adventure Zone where we started with that family is the, the My Brother, My Brother and Me obviously their advice yeah column. which is their main yeah that's the juice yeah that's the meat mm-hmm. um but they do like the the uh, besties uh podcast and what was some of the other ones that like travis had one? Oh, they are there's they've got a bunch of them yeah, they, they all have like several each i mean now that that's their job that's something that they can do right, more and branch, and branch out and, and yeah it's funny to me though because we we found the My Brother, My Brother, and Me after Adventure Zone, but I, we've gone even further with them to find other podcasts as well that we've enjoyed. Well, and we I just crush it. I had <laughs> realized just while talking to you guys about this, um, I had forgotten that I think that the main catalyst for me really uh, falling deeply in love with the Adventure Zone 
was the fact that I was driving three hours plus, uh, you know, commute to work. Right. And so I had a lot of time on my hands, and that really, really helped me pass the time along. And that kind of fits because Adventure Zone has, you know, one-hour, two-hour episodes sometimes. So yeah. you're going to fill that whole drive with yeah. one episode. And it was something that I, I, I began to look forward to, you know, every day during my week. That's nice. It's nice to have something to wake up and you know, genuinely be like, yeah, yeah. today's not going to suck because at least I can do this. Yeah. And which I guess is kind of partly why we're doing what we're doing in the first place. It's something for us to look forward to. It's something for us to enjoy doing what we already do in a way that other people can enjoy it with us. Right. And I think that's what most uh, podcasting hosts and radio hosts, I mean, Anybody who's in the kind of media of just being behind a microphone and talking, uh, it's kind of the point, you know, uh, especially, you know, comedy is probably the biggest podcasting category that I think we go for, but I would say undoubtedly for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, where else would we fit in? I, it's just which you know. No, that's, I mean, even just listening as as audience. Oh, as far as what we like, like what we listen. Oh yeah, to, yeah, absolutely. That, uh, I feel like we lean towards comedy, but just looking at like uh, we've gotten into a little bit of true crime stuff, and I know you in particular mm-hmm. have a, a love for one of the podcasts. But I'm going to mention uh, like my favorite murder uh, when we listen to her. I was just listening to them today. Yeah, and and the, those two women. Uh, they what you're describing you know this is just something we do we love that's just something they were already doing and they loved doing it and then eventually they're like well hey we can we can start recording ourselves going through this research and these stories and so yeah i mean very much so even though they're giving even though we are trying to produce content and they are as well for audiences we are doing this for ourselves yeah essentially and i liked the way that it was put in everybody has a podcast but you as long as you enjoy what you're doing and the people who are listening to you enjoy it, you're already successful. You know, it doesn't matter if you're making money or if you've got a huge audience, but you know, as long as you're enjoying it and other people are too, you've you've already done what you should be striving to do. Right. You know? Right. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with vanity podcasting. You know, <laughs> yeah. like you want to do it because you think you have a great idea and you can make some money doing it. But obviously for us, that is more of a, uh, a long-term pipe dream than the immediate right. goal. That's a Dave and Buster's <clears throat> talk about bonuses. You know, that's, that's, that's the, that would be exciting if we could do that, but that's right. not what exact, that's not the goal. Right. But there was this turning point between you two, where like I came downstairs and walked into the room and you were both just like just balls deep into talking about podcasts, <laughs> just absolutely like then there was no you know I think I had like probably some stupid video to show you guys or something and you, there was no pulling you away from that conversation and it, I think it slowly day by day the more and more we sat around due to the virus the more and more we ha- we realized we have this time we have these these creative outlets that are no longer there for us and why not take that uh lack of creative outlets why not take that lack of uh something to do for the day and put it into something productive like say a podcast that we've always been wanting to do and i think the more and more you guys did that eventually when christmas time rolled around i you i think were the one who dropped the ball to me and you were like all right i'm just gonna tell you we're looking at buying all this podcast stuff and like it just happened it was just there yeah 
like all of a sudden boom christmas hit we had everything and we had the equipment and yeah. the next step was well how do we set it all up yeah. and where so yeah. and where <laughs> and that, it's up. funny how that sat dormant for a little while before we actually kind of got yeah. the gumption to um you know Definitely put it in a couple action. weeks action. Like, it was like we had it and we wanted to let the let the the, yeah. the egg nest a little bit you know i mean a lot of it i think for me was coming to terms with why am i doing it um you know what am i going to get out of it and in those couple of weeks i kind of uh overreacted to the anxiety that i was feeling you know i i got really i got too in my head about it Mm. and i think it was just a matter of realizing that realistically all that it has to be is us three talking around a table Mm -hmm. nothing else you know yeah especially when you look at the big picture of everything that um goes into it behind scenes before and after and all of the a lot all of the i don't even remember there's a a technical term but like uh, actually getting it to the public and making it yeah you know accessible and all Mm -hmm. of that stuff when you look at it in a in a big picture it's really overwhelming it's kind of daunting yeah it is and what i think the way that we really approached it was just weren't none of that was in our mind at the time we just said okay we need to record Right, and what we do with it, what we did with it after that was more of an afterthought, you know. That's true. Definitely was the case for me. It was just about making good content, and that I think is you know where I struggled and still struggle a little bit is worrying about whether or not what we're producing is good, or should I even worry about that at all? Should right. I be okay with it just being what it is? But let's be honest. Th- there is a little bit of vanity involved with us doing this project. We mm. want people to listen to us. And yes, we want them to have a good time listening well, to us. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of, uh, I think what helped all three of us, and maybe I'm a little bit more speaking for myself here, but uh, we did purchase those few books and the uh, the hidden power of fucking up from the Try, uh, the try Guys. That... I mean, even on the back of the book, it says some uh, some praise, praising words from some smart people in every every bit that was talking about their book, like every uh, a review that they used. It was an awful. People were just review. trashing on them, and that was you know again, it's just embracing your vulnerability. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. them showing like it we really... don't care what you think. It, you can think that this is the worst book in the world. We've still written it, and yeah. we still want it to be available it to the public if they so choose. Certainly gave a, a a significant amount of courage. Yeah. So I have here an anonymous complaint in the form of a letter signed simply. Resident of Peckham, addressed to the Lord Mayor of London on the 9th of January, 1838. It appears that some individuals have laid a wager with a mischievous and foolhardy companion that he durst not take upon himself the task of visiting many of the villages near London in three different disguises, a ghost, a bear, and a devil, and moreover that he will not enter a gentleman's garden for the purpose of alarming the inmates of the house. 
The wager has, however, been accepted, and the unmanly villain has succeeded in depriving seven ladies of their senses, two of whom are not likely to recover, but to become burdens to their families. At one house, the men rang the bell, and on the servant coming to open the door, this worse-than-brute stood in no less dreadful figure than a spectre clad most perfectly. The consequence was that the poor girl immediately swooned, and has never from that moment been in her senses. T-minus ten, nine, eight, we have a go for main engine start. We have main engine start, four, three, two, one, zero, Yeah, let's go to Mars. Fuck it up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no magnetic poles. Let's fucking make some. Fucking yeah. Woo, human. We're like ozone tear hole in that shit. Let's fuck it up. It's ours now. I mean, Elon Musk did say he wanted to set off nukes on the poles. Did you not hear about that? Oh, yeah. He wants to set off nukes on the poles because he thinks the polar ice caps will release enough oxygen and in carbon and stuff into when the atmosphere. When is it acceptable to tell humanity to tap out? When do we, when is it okay? When do we say stop? No, that is the argument. Like, especially because we've already got a planet that's pretty habitable that we're on. We're already here. Make this one habitable. Don't worry about making another one that's nowhere near habitable, habitable. Just fix this one. I'm impressed with how many times you said habitable. Habitable. And it's pretty fun to say. Well, what's your origin story, Martin? How did you uh, get into the whole production thing? What's your inspiration? Okay. What's the first job? All right, all right, bro. All right, you ready? I have two turning points here, okay? okay. This is all by chance. Well, not by chance, but it's out of love, obviously, what we do. You yeah. know, we, we do it out of love. We don't know why, but we come from different backgrounds. Absolutely. All right. I'm going to go for, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go somber on you for a second. Um, so I had a cousin, you know, back, uh, had a cousin. He passed away. Famous Josh. He had uric sarcoma. Okay. And it was pretty much cancer that grew on the spine. It's a mutation that grew on your spine. So it was back in like 2008. And he calls me up. This is my, this this is like my high time in my years. You know, just like, oh my God, there's drugs everywhere. There's hippies everywhere. Get down on this. <laughs> Doing you know, everybody went to that thing. Right. Everybody went to that thing. Right. And, you know, that time, you know, we, me and him hang out. You know, I was slowly introducing him to the music scene, and then he, you know, and he was like, gang at it, you know? Then all of a sudden, he gives me a call. He, like one, then one, then during the summer, he gives me a call. It's like, Martin, man, you know, I have, I have cancer. It's like, what the fuck? You know, I, 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 something in me, that I thought to myself, so it's like, normal people would react in a certain way where it's just like, oh, I'm sorry, or, you know, you feel kind of sad. Right. The first thing that came across my head was this. I told him this on the phone. It's just like, where do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Hell yeah. So that That's year. The... That is it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Year, yeah, so that year I made I made my cousin thousands of lives. Like We went to like hundreds of shows and a handful of music festivals. Okay, you know, that's amazing. Make sure he like make with me. He, me, and him love live music so much. And everything. So fast forward and everything. You're right. Uh, that is heavy. But one that's, of the that's incredible. It's yeah. kind of beautiful. That is great. <laughs> so we. Uh, so it was the it was Counterpoint's first year. I forgot what year it was. The okay. headliner was like it was like that EDM like it was that EDM had like it was for us it was like the pinnacle. Our peak was like bass nectar, Skrillex. 
and Pretty Lights, it was those hey years. Okay. You know, that yeah. was oh, wow. Years. That's bad. You know, back in 2008 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know? Actually, 2008 is the first time I saw Bass Nectar and like it, Elliot Lip around that time. Like, yeah, around that time, it was like the Pretty Lights like movement. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so what happened it was we were sitting around and it was like doing bass nectar on top of the hill. It was high smoke. I don't know what we were smoking or something like that. <laughs> he looked over <laughs> he looked over at me and said to me, like, Arn, yo, you know, it's like we should do production, you know, we should do some light shit and everything. It was like, Oh fuck yeah, we were high I didn't think about it. So fast <laughs> <Yes>. forward <laughs> I didn't think about it, I was like, Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah done. And so what happened is that so later that year, you know, hospice came over. You know, he was in hospice. Mm-hmm. You, know, you guys know what hospice is. Yeah, yeah sure. Right? Yeah. Okay, so that year, when ho- when he was in hospice, I still brought live music to him. I brought national acts, like touring acts, to come play with at him at his deathbed. No you know, they went to his house and played live music for him. So towards the end and everything, I was just like. You know, I was sitting next to him, just like, at that point, he's like a ticking time bomb, you know, it's like, and I'm just trying to do everything I can to keep this kid, fucking kid alive, you know. I did the whole Phoenix Tears thing, I don't know if you guys know what Phoenix Tears is, like, very concentrated THC, yeah. you know, we were trying to go that route, just, I, I was going, I was like, dude, I just want to keep this kid alive, yeah, anything, anything, illegally, yeah. illegally, or I didn't get the Of course not, dude. anything that, that can point, work. Yeah. And so, what happened is that, we were sitting, hanging out. I was next to his bed, and I said, "He said to, he looks over. It's like, you remember that time at Counterpoint, bro? You know, just about production. I'm just like, yeah, dude. Like, I don't know if I can make it, but I think you can do it, bro. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Let's see what happens. You know. So he passed away and everything afterwards. And you know, I I kept that promise to myself. Just like I I was like I found myself just like man. This kid was trying to do everything in his goddamn life to do what he wanted to do. And he didn't get the chance. And my, I got the chance to do what I want to do. So I used that as one of the driving forces for myself, you know, to make it through. You know, that's why I did production, you know, just like, and I I still hold that true. That is a tragic origin story. It is. My friend. (laughs) That is. No, no, no. The best part is this. I know he's fucking laughing at me. You don't think about that. (laughs) It's just like he's laughing at me because I kind of shit like kind of shit you putting yourself into you like yeah the inside. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah like yeah. the crap you have to deal stuff, with you know? now <laughs> thought it was gonna be all fun and games and you know <laughs> listening to music and hanging out with your friends nope <laughs> <laughs> jesus <laughs> all right <laughs> 2010 cans of holiday popcorn minus the caramel corn. 2010 cans of holiday. Let me say it again. 2010 cans of holiday popcorn minus the caramel corn. You know damn well what happened. <laughs> they just ate that shit and they're trying to sell the rest of it. 20 cans? <laughs> that or they fucking bagged it up or something. I How mean... old are these? Oh my god. How long have they just been stacking cans of popcorn they don't want to eat? Just gonna try and Craigslist that shit? <laughs> you know damn well what happened to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
<clears throat> Shit. Okay, this is just getting to be bullshit. What what list did I click on? I should not have clicked on this list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes it takes like a couple of like you no, know, a couple this, of things on there before you're like, whoa. The collective are... name for a group of unicorns is called the blessing. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me some shit about some leprechauns next. Maybe you get some shit about fairies. Oh, God. That's valuable information. We're just, we're fucking learning things every yeah, day dude. on this podcast, yeah, man. The- like, <laughs> Honestly, it's because of the availability. It's just I grabbed whatever was available at the comic book store, and yeah. we could ask, you know, we could ask the lady that owned the store to bring in certain things uh, that we were interested in, and she was usually pretty good about it, but, like, carrying on with a series sometimes was nearly impossible. It's impossible. It was just you grab whatever was in the comic book store I when remember it was available. when I bought my first comic books and the Gambit issues, I remember going there, like, I had it in mind that I was going to find the first Iron Man comic book book issue like i wanted to read the first issue because i had just heard about iron man uh i had learned about iron man from uh black sabbath's song (laughs) and same here i was like oh man that's a really cool superhero and i wanted to see that first issue and i I had it in mind Uh, i'm gonna go to the comic book store and i'm gonna get that good luck on that yeah nope not happening bud sorry but it was actually a really cool shop and i found a comic book in there that I have been looking for since I was like a little kid and have not been able to find iron a a reprint of Iron Man issue number one the original dude this place was it was good dude it was a very awesome place like if we ever come back to Houston you bet we're going right there like you gotta understand like I kill the man dude I fucking hit the body. That really escalated. No, it was, <laughs> dude, it was, it was, it was a friend. It was somebody that I knew personally. I will say, had an issue where I kind of got a little backstabbed. I'm not even going to go into all that detail, but right. I did worry. There was like a little bit of me, like, like we, I, John, our, our neighbor, uh, for any of you out there, uh, Johnny Danger, our producer and uh, mm-hmm. our cameraman. For I was about YouTube. to say, you killed Johnny. Yeah, well, no, okay, I didn't kill Johnny. Johnny was like my accomplice. He ended up helping me hide the oh, body. That actually good accomplice. Realistic. Yeah. Well, you would if think good if accomplice. I needed, if I needed an accomplice, it'd be Johnny. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm right on board with you there. Well, man. it wasn't until we stuffed the body like directly under like the front porch. You know, like it was like a like here, just roll it under there real quick, and like come on, dude, I mean, we gotta go. Like that's fucking airtight, dude. That's a good plan. <laughs> and so we got on like that was, a, a, that was just a bad hiding. No, it was terrible, dude. I remember like you know, like looking back over my shoulder, like, are you sure? Like that's gonna is this gonna work? <laughs> 
and we ended up. I thought we got that's him. you and Johnny just being like, I don't want to carry it any further. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I would just like to point out if that by some strange chance somebody were to jump into this podcast episode at the wrong point, it's going to sound like we are casually talking about oh, murder. Yeah, bodies. No. I, mean, I mean, let's no. let's just assume this is, the police this is are definitely come a up dream. And ask to look under your board. Um, and, and, <laughs> to prove that it was a dream, I definitely. Please. Yeah, don't do that. Don't We're kill not anybody. That. Yeah, don't, don't please kill do people. people. We need to stop talking about fucking murder on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It kind of comes up, doesn't it? I mean, it happens to Near everybody. There. Oh, of course. April 3rd, World Party Day. Ooh, I, yeah. Ooh. I wanted to, like... World. I'm not sure the context of this. Me neither. I was saying this earlier. Is it World... world? Party, party day, day or, or is, is it, it world party, party day? day yes exactly <laughs> yeah we're on the same page i like the way you think I like the cut yeah, of your man. jib mysteries it's a key lime pie called straight up like they're <laughs> obsessed they worship with key, they worship key lime pie yeah <laughs> um be so fucking annoying like it would suck to like you join a cult like man i'm really getting into this finally i'm kind of i think i'm gonna join a cult you know what i mean guys and then you join them up and you're like it's initiation day you're all geeked up and then you like get there and they're like you have to eat this whole key lime pie we love key lime here that's what we worship hail our god and they just <laughs> walk out with a fucking pie you're like fuck i wanted yeah, something man. weirder than this oh, yeah, I'll eat key the lime f- pie uh, i was gonna say but yeah i'll eat the fucking pie <laughs> <laughs> give me the fucking give pie. Give me gonna fucking not pie. eat the pie i'm already here <laughs> right. i'm not gonna go and find another cult <laughs> i've made it this fucking far you know how hard it is to find cults you guys don't exactly advertise <laughs> no they do some really Are you sick of being made fun of for liking sliced singles of processed cheese product? Can't find meaningful connection because of the stigma surrounding it? Download the American Singles app, the premier dating app for single sliced processed (laughs) cheese lovers. American Singles is unlike any other cheese-based dating site. Our only focus is on helping fake cheese enthusiasts find a loving, judgment-free relationship built on mutual love of prepared cheese products. American Singles. Just because you like singles doesn't mean you need to be single. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was fucking awesome. We here at Not To Mention Podcast in no way condone or promote underage marijuana smoking nor smoking on the job while working. That good? Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. We do like to smoke weed, though. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we do. 
2021 now and when the pandemic hit it was the beginning of 2020 and we were anticipating releasing our studio album in 2020 which because of everything we were afraid to get together you couldn't gather mm -hmm. households and stuff we couldn't do that yeah. so i took it upon myself to take our last show from marquette and a collection of others along the tour and chop it up and that's how we made polylith and so oh, no shit yeah it was amassed from all live shows across that year in 2019 so bells kalamazoo is on there the ordoc is on there um and so then that really gave us a chance to like sit and look at the music and be like yeah. okay this is how we play it but how can we write it or reimagine it in a studio context and i think that the boys really went above and beyond in some ways on these songs like they put probably 10 songs worth of effort into five songs <laughs> it's like fit, some of these tracks have like 50 60 elements or tracks on the no that's fucking crazy so we just had two completely separate <laughs> motives there one was to just push through and the other was to continue to be creative most likely to break a guinness book world record Dude, it's Randall for the worst farts, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I hope your windows work in the van. Yeah, they're, that's why so they got that van. That's not what I was expecting. <laughs> we got a new van just so we could roll down the window. <laughs> Open the door. <laughs> You're killing me. Oh, I fucking yeah, love uh, you guys. Uh, um. <clears throat> Around 10 years ago, a mugger with an aggressive dog attempted to take the wallets from two men in tuxedos not far from Buckingham Palace. The two men had just left the palace after dinner, at which they were rewarded the Victoria Cross, the highest military award in the UK comparable to the US Medal of Honor. They were a Royal Marine and an SAS, uh, Royal Army Special Forces. And the newspaper I looked at, uh, he says I looked and I can't find a link, reported that the dog ran off and then the mugger was arrested with injuries after the Marine and soldier showed him the sidewalk up close. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, no, don't want to get caught by that. Stick him up. <laughs> like, he... he. What fucking, kind of dog did he steal? He was trying... Did it say? Mm-hmm. Did you say it stole, they stole a dog? No, no. He was trying to mug them with an, a with dog. With the dog. Oh, yeah. I thought I pictured somebody like dog napping. Yeah, like I mean, that's, that's the first weird part is like he's not holding them up at gunpoint. He's like holding them up at dog point. Right. He, that's like, just mean. I just, I'm imagining like yeah, I feel a bad dude dog. holding yeah. like a wiener dog, like a, a rifle. <laughs> and I'm like aiming him. <laughs> I let him bite you. I let him back up. He doesn't look like much, but I... wait, how do I load this thing? <laughs> I mean, I've never had a, a personal toilet demon experience, but I've been aware of them ever since a little kid. I mean, you don't want you don't want a demon coming up through the toilet bowl that's like the most terrifying thing that could ever happen to you like right, in one of your most vulnerable yes. of positions yeah like you could not be more vulnerable you're sitting there with your pants down around your ankles <laughs> on the toilet naked not only are you naked but like you can't run your pants are around your ankles you've basically hogtied yourself <laughs> 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 
to I was tanuki. thinking about like cool raccoons, like raccoons like that are just cool. That are just cool. They're chilling wearing at the sunglasses. Zoo. Yeah, wearing sunglasses. Maybe one of them smoking a cigarette. <laughs> one of them's like flipping a coin, like in the cartoons. You know, you right. walk by the cage and you stop to look for a second. And you're like, stop what they're doing. What are you doing over here? Huh? Yeah, what are you, what are you looking, looking at? at huh? <laughs> Keep it fucking moving. <laughs> Shit, sorry. <laughs> that was one cool raccoon. Lights a cigarette you're walking away. You're like, damn, man. Oh, was cool as that guy. Yeah, that was a cool fucking raccoon's raccoon. Raccoon's like, hey. <laughs> okay. In, in five, four, three. That's too many. Two. Start. Can you just start from two? <laughs> <laughs> 79 78 77 what are, you, what are you doing Dwight just start from 3 what was the first thing that you thought about me when you met me when I was 17 and started playing with you because I had heard through the grapevine at that age what you guys thought of me so I just want to know I want to hear from you what did you think of me when you first met me? I thought you were cocky. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. It. You were a cocky little shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I liked that. I liked that. Because yeah, I'm cocky as fuck, too. Fair enough, fair enough. I think you have to, like, you knew what you were doing. That was very obvious. Mm-hmm. But you were also 17. 17, and yeah, I, I didn't know shit. 26 <laughs> yeah. at that point, 25. He knew what he was doing on the drum set. As far as on the road. On the road, it was a little different. He was oh, great. I didn't know anything. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. that was okay. Like, I knew that going into it. Yeah. Okay. So I. But had, there was a lot of points where it was just like, yeah, seven, not that he's siblings. seventeen years old. He's a teen. Like he's still he's, he's still learning. developing. Yeah. Like I was still a senior in high school. Like I skipped a day of school. Right. To go out with you I guys. Remember, yeah. yeah. You skipped prom to do. A oh yeah. Show I skipped at prom. Uh, we did the bells headlining right. at bells. Yeah. My senior prom night was at Bell's. But other um, than that, yeah. yeah, there was no... So oh, yeah, the, that's right. Jo- yeah, right? So Josh had heard through the grapevine that you guys had thought that way. Yeah. And I he, don't remember this, by the way, he but told, that sounds right. Yeah, and you, you had he had kind of plugged it to me, like, hey, man, if you want to keep playing with them, like, this is what they think of you right now. You might want to totally change dial, your attitude. Dial it down. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, I was, like, super self-conscious at that point. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that's the way they think of me. I can't believe I did that. And so we go to do a show at uh, The Loft in uh-huh. Lansing. And my cousin, Craig, comes to the show, and I'm, like, introducing you guys and to him. as you know, his nickname is Ed. Ed. Oh, yeah. Ed. And so we get in the car, and we're all, like, introducing each other. Like, oh, this is my cousin. And he's like, yeah, my name's Ed with two Ds for a double dose of this pimping. And I was just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus like, Christ. No, I'm trying not to seem cocky. I want to be cool. I don't want my cousin to be cocky. He, he's like, going to think our entire our family, family is like this. Just full of... we both kind of like looked up at the same time and there was this like eight foot tall man figure like six foot in front of us so you're not just telling me that you heard something in the woods no 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 you didn't he just hear no you're telling me you fucking if, saw it if i would have thrown my golf club at him i probably wouldn't be here today join us next week mentionables for best of not to mention season one part two <laughs>